Logarithm's Netmon Freemium delivers real-time network visibility to quickly identify emerging threats in your IT environment. Netmon Freemium is a free commercial-grade network forensics and traffic analytics solution. You can use Netmon Freemium's powerful capabilities to search against all of observed network traffic, identify abnormal traffic patterns and application usage, and quickly analyze full packet captures. Take the first step towards real-time network visibility. Visit logarithm.com forward slash freemium to learn more and download it today. Waterfall Security Solutions, the market leader in unidirectional gateway technology. Their industrial cybersecurity technology protects critical infrastructures and control systems from remote online cyber attacks. It's installed around the world, including nuclear plants in the U.S. and electric grids. Their unidirectional security gateway creates an impassable physical barrier preventing communications from flowing into the industrial control network, enabling safe and secure IT and OT integration, remote monitoring, and cloud services. Visit go.waterfall-security.com forward slash enterprise security. The first 100 listeners who register will receive a free copy of SCADA Security, What's Broken and How to Fix It, written by Waterfall's VP of Industrial Security, Andrew Ginter. Signal Sciences is the industry's first web protection platform that works in any cloud, any container, any platform as a service, and any modern application architecture. The Signal Sciences web protection platform can be deployed in next-generation WAF, RASP, or reverse proxy modes, giving customers ultimate flexibility and coverage. Protect your web applications with Signal Sciences web protection platform, Signal Sciences, securing code and connecting teams. For more information, check them out at signalsciences.com forward slash ESW. A couple of quick announcements before we get started. The 10th anniversary edition of Source Boston is being held this April, including training sessions held on April 24th through the 25th and conference talks on April 26th through the 27th, featuring awesome speakers from the security community. Events will take place in Boston at the Courtyard Marriott downtown, and Security Weekly listeners get a $100 discount on either the training or the conference passes when using the discount code SECURITYWEEKLY. Visit Source conference.com for more information. Get out and vote for your favorite security blog and podcast. Security Weekly has been nominated for the 2017 RSA Social Security Awards Best Security Podcast. Cast your vote today by visiting securityweekly.com forward slash vote. Uh, also, the ad ran for Waterfall Security. Lior was actually here. It yeah. was a pre-recorded oh, interview yeah. we did with Lior. He's an awesome guy. Fantastic interview. Make sure you check that out in upcoming Enterprise Security Weekly. And go to securityweekly.com forward slash SCADA, and you can receive a free copy of that book, which he presented me with a hard copy, hard, hard uh, cover copy. He said you're going to put it in your bathroom. I am. I'm going <laughs> to put it in my bathroom. Uh, and he said they printed like a couple hundred books to do as a promotion. And I told him, like a lot of people, we the Tenable's done books, a lot of right. companies done books. He's like, yeah, we realized that uh, that wasn't enough, and we're up to like 4,000 now. Wow. <laughs> they gave, so it's, yeah, it's, it's an area that everybody's trying to yeah. figure out. Yeah, the so, whole OT side of the house. Yeah. That was really cool. So, uh, Matt, uh, and for those that don't know, I, uh, I used to work for Matt at Tenable. Yes. Fun times, fun times. I was, I was sad to leave uh, Matt's team to pursue my other endeavors, but um, you've uh, continued on with uh, a lot of the visions and strategy yeah. the, that even when I was there, you know, we were talking about and keeping up with all these market changes. And now Tenable has released um, Tenable.io, and essentially it's cloud-based 
services and products for uh, a couple of different areas, not just vulnerability management. We talked about vulnerability management vendors expanding. Right, right, right. So tell us about how Tenable has, has done this and expanded. Yeah, I mean, so the, the concept started a couple of, oh, it's been over two years in the works, mm-hmm. right? When I came to Tenable back in 14, the vision was, you know, we had two kind of product lines, right? We had the Nessus product line, the Security Center product mm-hmm. line, and a consolidated architecture was something that we felt we needed to do to really ex- allow us to expand our capabilities. Mm-hmm. And so over the past couple years, we've been building kind of this new platform architecture that brings all the good core functionality of Nessus that people mm-hmm. like and a lot of the advanced dashboarding, reporting, trending, tracking of Security Center and brought them together. But what we did was pretty unique, right? We didn't just take Nessus and, and say, well, we're just going to plop that in the cloud, which we had had. We had a right, Nessus cloud right, offering. Right. And we didn't take just Security Center and throw it in the cloud. Right. Or yeah. you didn't just take Nessus and Security Center and kind of like genetically blend them together yeah, and, and stick them in the right, cloud Right, just stick either. them on a virtual right. machine and put them in the cloud and go, <laughs> yeah, hey, we're hey, done. Yeah. No, we, we literally re-architected the platform. Mm-hmm. And, and it's amazing because not a lot of companies get this opportunity to do something like what we did is the ability to continue to sell an existing product line while we built really right. a brand new platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those, those wheels started in 14. The culmination of that was this week's announcement in mm-hmm. the new Tenable IO platform, uh, really architected from scratch, really to bring all the goodness of Nessus and all the goodness of Security Center together in a cloud-based platform first. We are going to... Um, what I'm hearing is this summer is have an on-prem version of that, but it's a single code base, single architecture that runs in the cloud mm-hmm. and runs on-premise. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the foundation for us to now add additional capabilities and applications right. to the platform because now we have this base uh, platform foundation. And so that's really kind of what we announced this week. So not only on the vulnerability management side of, of what's been our core, which is important for us, and vulnerability management for us will continue to evolve into this new threat and vulnerability uh, market that Gartner's defined, but also what additional things can we do? And you helped with some of this research back when we were looking mm-hmm. at the web app scanners, yep. right? If you look at our core competition, they all have web app scanning. And the ability for us to sell web app scanning into our existing customer base was something that was very important to us. So with this platform, we are now integrating some of the web app mm-hmm. stuff that um, we made some acquisitions late last year, mm-hmm. bring those capabilities into the platform. We also are adding the container security work from the flaw check acquisition that we also did late last year. And, and what we're doing now is vulnerabilities are shifting, right? You've got your device vulnerabilities. You have these applications, the custom-coded applications. You have applications being made up of these new containers. And, and you can't think about just vulnerabilities in the old way we thought about vulnerabilities, which right. is... It's a device sitting on your network. Mm-hmm. No, it's applications and containers and even microservice communications. There's, there's vulnerabilities in a lot of different places. So when we were building out the platform, not only to add new applications, we also wanted to think about how do you re-architect some of the challenges that the vulnerability management vendors have faced over the years? What is the primary key in every vulnerability management system? It's the IP address. Mm-hmm. It's not in Tenable I.O., the IP address is now an attribute. So one of the things that we did is we said, 
how do we fix the problem with IP addresses and them constantly moving? Right. Because right? in a, I mean, we did an interview on DevOps in the last episode. <laughs> IP addresses are, are evil now as an indicator of how many because right. stuff just gets built and torn down and uh, that's constantly. Just how people, that's how people roll today. Right, yeah. exactly. And so, how could we solve the problem of the moving IP address in the mobile world? Right, mm -hmm. our laptops are constantly with different IP addresses. Does that mean I have to pay for every time that device shows up on on a separate IP address? Well, not really, mm -hmm. but that's how we've done it in the past. We also had to think about elasticity. You know, companies will spin up instances for peaks and then yep. put them away. Yeah, right. And they're like, well, why should I pay for a full year's worth of Scanning IPs? Scanning a system that's only going to be up four times be, a year yeah, or whatever. And, yeah. and it's only going to be up for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, granted, we have this great, this great, brand new platform, leveraging all the technologies of today. It's all containerized and running AWS and all those fancy things. But at the root, we said, how do we track assets better? And how do we come up with a better pricing licensing model mm -hmm. for today's environments, not 15, 20 year ago environments right. where everything was very static, mm -hmm. right? And so we introduced this asset tracking algorithm. And we've introduced uh, an elastic licensing model that allows customers to burst over what they purchased, mm -hmm. but over time, let them come out so that they don't have to pay more just to, to fill that gap. And we got rid of the, the age-old question of, well, I've got four network devices on this box. Are you going to charge me for one or four? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, the answer was right. four in the right. past. Now it's one. Mm -hmm. So we try to address a lot of those in the platform. As, as part so of are you doing some kind of asset discovery? It, it, so what we do is that there's an um, asset tracking algorithm mm -hmm. that uses um, data from our various sensors. So obviously agents and authenticated scans give us the highest fidelity right. for the asset tracking. Mm -hmm. Then um, then we drop down from there and we look at uh, MAC address and NetBIOS names, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. and, and what we do is that algorithm then uses the data we're getting from the various sensors to associate and track the asset. Right. And, and then therefore, IP addresses now just become attributes to the asset. So in the new user interface, when mm -hmm. you go and look at the asset view, you'll see the name of the asset based on w where it came from, whether it was um, the agent, the scan, or, or um, DNS name or whatever. And then when you go look at the details, you'll see all the IP addresses mm -hmm. that asset has been. Right. right but right. all the vulnerabilities are tied to the asset. They're the not asset. tied to the IP. So not only are we changing the way licensing happens and tracking for customers, we're also not double, triple, quadruple counting vulnerabilities that used yes. to be done in the past. Right, right. That's yeah. awesome. So how are you doing on the web application side? Because you have a, a similar kind of, well, the opposite problem, one IP address but multiple applications. Right. So on the, on the web app side, it's all about FQDN, right? Mm -hmm. The fully qualified domain name. So it, it, when, when WAS rolls out, it, it's coming out at the end of this quarter, It'll be licensed by the application, the FQDN, and it won't matter how many systems are running behind it. Again, we'll, we'll yeah. start to collect the hosts that are running the application, but applications run on potentially multiple hosts. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing there is doing your traditional dynamic security testing against the application, mm -hmm. um, just like others do in the space. But the asset is the FQDN. Right. So you'll have a combination of host-based assets from the vulnerability side, application-based assets, on the um, the web app side. That's awesome. That's awesome. And all coming together in one interface. 
you won't have to switch views, right? Uh, it's, right. It's and well, the and that's the issue. I mean, quite frankly, with uh, a lot of other products on the market, is you do have to switch to get different views of your different scan types. Right. So putting that in one so interface. So all the assets are going to come kind of together deal, in one. A- yeah. yeah. It, but we're also going to add some uh, workflow specifically for the developers to make mm-hmm. it easier for them to use the interface when they do find vulnerabilities on the web app to really help the development side of the house um, a, a lot more than, than I think we've traditionally done. And right. so workflow. So like Slack integration? <laughs> That's probably more, yeah, I think eventually. It, on the container side, there's definitely discussions about integration of the results from the flaw check acquisition back into the DevOps tools. That's going right. to be a very important part there because of the way. So is that, I'm sorry, is that in the dashboard as well? So like how does it integrate into containers and then does it pull that back in so you see your web applications, your traditional assets, and then some of your container-based assets? I don't know how that's going to visualize yet because mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Um, what what we're going to do with the container security um, side is it's, it's taking the flaw check static mm-hmm. analysis of the containers. And, and the way the process works is basically when the build system runs, they can pull it, um, they'll do a build, and they'll put the container into a registry, private mm-hmm. registry. Mm-hmm. Then from the registry, we'll grab it, we'll do the analysis, mm-hmm. and right now, all that data will be available in the interface on by container. Uh, like I said, eventually, we want to tie some of that stuff back into the um, CI, CD tools, mm-hmm. because that's where the developers are going to use it. Right, right, right. Right. Um, but I don't know how... It, I don't know how much we're going to know about the interrelationship of the containers to the application day one, Mm -hmm. but that's definitely something that Renault and I have been talking about a lot Mm -hmm. is understanding, you know, an application is not just a a static URL, right? It's made up of many microservices now. Each microservice has multiple, potentially multiple container instances Mm -hmm. running in it. And the relationship of all those pieces is the next challenge of the application. So we'll continue to make um, strides in looking at application much more application security much more holistically. Right. It's like We've I put got, an application in your container and I put your container in a virtual environment. I put your virtual environment in the cloud. Right. <laughs> it, it gets complex really, really fast. Right. And so, you know, the web app scanning will do a really good job from the outside coming this way. You've got the container security coming this way. And then it's tying all those pieces together in the middle to build that holistic application security environment. Mm-hmm. And that will be the continued work that we do. Right, right. That's yeah. really cool. Um, so uh, how is it, uh, so it's licensed by asset licensed by asset. And so we're like, when you go, like, how do you go buy it? Can you just go on the website and like buy it? So or? you can go out to tenable.io, mm-hmm. redirect you to the landing page. You can get a 60 day eval right from the website, mm-hmm. literally fill in your information. And with all the new APIs that we've added to the platform, it'll instantly provision an account for you, Right. send you an email, log in, and you can start using the product today. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy, straight, straightforward. Um, then you can, there's certain um, sizes we'll sell on e-com, obviously larger then, yeah, opportunities reach, reach out yeah. to the sales guys to do that. And then uh, if you want to start integrating agents, are those still freely available? Yeah, so, like, so I can get my account, I can go get some agents, mm-hmm. put them in some of my systems and start testing it. So right. here's yeah. a really cool part, right? We also, as part of this change in pricing, we said, listen, all the scanners, all the agents, and all the passive sensors are included. Hmm. So 
we're not charging you extra for a scanner, for a passive sensor, or for an agent. Right. Now, obviously, if you have all three of those, they're going to detect more assets. Absolutely. Which, yeah. Right. But but what we don't want is to limit people from getting the data. Yeah. Like, so, how many IP addresses do I have? Right. And, I, and how many scan? Know. Well, how many locations do I have? If you look at the competition, you have to buy the extra scanners. Mm-hmm. And that's an additional cost on top of just the service itself. We said, no, 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 no. That doesn't make sense. Let's give the sensors away. Include as part of the subscription, let them place as many sensors out there as they need, whether they have 100 locations or one. Mm -hmm. If they want to use agents, we don't really care how the data is collected. All comes back and then managed so, by asset. Hold on. For our listeners, try not to play too much inside baseball because obviously I worked at Tenable. Right. The passive vulnerability scanner. Tell our audience what that is and how it plays into the new Tenable I.O. and vulnerability management. Yeah. So Tenable has had this what used to be called the passive vulnerability scanner. Okay, it's not even called that anymore. No, it's called, I think it's, the official name now is the Nessus Passive Sensor. Okay. So we See get how out of touch I am I know, now? I know, I know. You've been gone <laughs> I for... I leave for a little while. You guys change Gone everything. for six months. <laughs> um, we'll talk about naming a little bit if we have some time sure. about how we kind of structured the mm-hmm. name. But it's, it's, it's a device that sits on the network on a span port, and it watches network traffic go by. And the two main advantages it gives you under the Tenable I.O. platform today is discovery of assets Mm -hmm. as they connect. So the beautiful part that everybody struggles with is they don't know how many, what's connected to their network. The passive sensor sitting on that spam port will see those assets as they come on the network without needing to scan them or install an agent on them. Okay. So we're going to help on the asset discovery side instantaneously. The second thing that that passive sensor does then is based on the network traffic, it actually um, fires plugins on vulnerabilities. Based on the traffic. Based on the traffic. So again, I don't have to actively scan it Mm -hmm. or I don't have to use the agent to get vulnerability data. So in environments like remote facilities where maybe you can't put a scanner, you could put a passive sensor Mm -hmm. that would do the asset discovery and the vulnerability detections just based on network traffic. Mm -hmm. And so it's an augment to active scans and agents to get not only your, your asset discovery, but also your vulnerability. And data. that goes into the interface in Tenable. Yeah, so all IO. that data is coming into the so Tenable on, I.O. I can see vulnerabilities from the passive scanning and from agents and, and, and from scanners. Correct. So, wow. All three. Yeah. <coughs> I told you so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's all I've always want. wanted that. We got <laughs> it now. It's good. there. No, that's really... That's awesome to hear. I've always loved, in fact, one of the reasons I, I came to work at Tenable because Ron described to me, you know, Ron Gula at the time described to me like this passive scanner and I started working with them. I'm like, this thing's really, really cool. Yeah. It's, it, and, and now that it's integrated with all of the other stuff, like that's just, it's uh, It awesome. makes it so much easier to let customers figure out the best way to discover assets and identify where vulnerabilities on the network. It is, it's something unique to us because of the, the IP protections we have yep. around it, but it augments... IP is an intellectual property. Intellectual right? property, yes. yeah, not IP address. <laughs> um, but it, it allows customers to have a lot more flexibility in getting the data they need into the systems. And, and it's always been part of our continuous monitoring story right. because the, the real-time monitoring of activity through the passive sensor is something that's, that drove a lot of the, the continuous monitoring story. That's in Tenable I.O. day one. And so leverage it. 
But it's in context of today's world, right? In a lot of times when we would talk about it years ago, we'd say, well, everyone's spitting up all these VMs in, in VMware. And then we're like, yeah, cloud is there. But now cloud has really taken off. DevOps has really taken off. Right. There's just there's new assets, new applications. You've got mobile devices connecting to the network constantly, right? Yeah. You bring in your phone, you connect to or Wi-Fi. Your phone too, yeah. Right, or a tablet or a whatever. When you scan an environment, it's highly unlikely those devices are on during your scan window, Yeah, which means you never see them. Mm -hmm. But they're on your network. They pose threats mm -hmm. to you every single day. Passive detects them right away, mm -hmm. which is great. And, and if we see vulnerabilities, those can then get highlighted. At least it's giving more insight into what's actually going on in the network instead of just weekly scans. But it makes that asset uh, discovery algorithm a lot more important, it too, does. because... Yes, with a, uh, an agent, you're always able to identify what it is, right. but the passive scanner is going to see like that IP address, and then the IP address is going to change, or it's going to move somewhere else, and to be able to feed that back in, yep. so you're always just basing on asset. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really neat. So a lot of interesting enhancements in, yeah. in the core platform, as, as we released it earlier this week. So um, releasing it this week, have you uh, like beta tested it with, with clients? or? Yeah, so if you think about what happened, I mean, think about the transition, right? Nessus Cloud really transformed into Tenable I.O., mm -hmm. right? So all the existing Nessus Cloud customers that are out there are now running the Tenable I.O. code. Mm -hmm. um, so these new enhancements came there. So we've had people running this environment mm -hmm. pretty early on. Uh, we've also had some pretty big beta customers. We've been working with uh, a large service provider that's been uh, uh, beta in a mm -hmm. lot of these capabilities with some of their customers uh, for a while. I mean, some of the early stuff came uh, almost a year ago, and we've been continually um, adding functionality. What we now have is enough critical mass and the platform capabilities to launch it commercially mm -hmm. and as an official product, which is what we did this right. week. Right. Yeah. And the um, the web application scanner is pretty cool too. Does that how, how can does that reach into the internal network or is that only external? At right now, ne uh, external. Mm -hmm. um, there'll be work uh, later coming to to port that. It's a new scanner, mm -hmm. right? I think you saw in the press release Renault talk about it a little bit. You know, Nessus is great for what it does, but it never really handled the application very well. Mm -hmm. And so we actually went out and made an investment in a web application scanner scanner. Mm -hmm. Uh, initially external for external websites. I know the team's looking at how do we get that scanner uh, able to be deployed internally. So that's kind of another scanner um, that's been that will be added as part of the web app scanning application. That's really cool. That's really that's really exciting to see all those components come together. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, it's been in the works for a couple of years, and mm -hmm. so finally getting it to the point where we can release and start talking about it, getting customers' hands on it is is fantastic. So is the passive scanner also now freely downloadable? Yeah. So you can deploy it. Yeah, absolutely. Like. Yeah, you just go when you go into the scan tab within Tenable I.O., you'll see all the different scanner types. And when you click on them, mm -hmm. that'll take you to the download page, and you can download all the uh, executables for the scanner, the agents, mm -hmm. and the passive sensor. And, that, and then the inevitable question that we, we always used to get when I worked at Tenable, and I'm sure it still reigns true today, is what about the, the plug-in feeds, and how does it get all the new updates for discovering new vulnerabilities on the passive side and getting it on the agent, and then all the subscriptions to all these new plugins because new vulnerabilities come out all the time. Yeah, so, you know, that our team, the, the research team that does all the plug-in work, that continues. Mm -hmm. the, the beauty with the cloud infrastructure is all the sensors phone home. 
right? So passive phone homes, scanner phones home. So they're constantly the agent phone, phones, home. agent yeah, okay. phone homes, right? So as part of that, they're also phoning home for updates. Mm-hmm. And so right. auto updates enabled on all those devices. So as we release new plugins across the sensor set, they go out and they auto update. And, and that data is instantly available. And those those plugins are released daily uh, across the entire sensor set. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't change. Um, but it's really easy now because it's just everything's phone home. So we don't have to worry about pushing updates to scanners anymore. Everything calls back to the cloud platform and gets their updates from right. one central place. How do you, and it's funny because I, I have to ask this for our listeners, but I know the answer because I was there. How do you, I think I even developed some of the answers to this question. <laughs> How do you overcome uh, people's fear of the agent for all the reasons they fear an agent? I have too many agents. The agent can cause disruptions. Uh, the management of the agent. How do you overcome the typical agent endpoint uh, installation of software fears? Yeah, I mean, customers are always going to ask the question, hey, can I do more with your agent so I can remove two agents? Because yeah. the age-old debate. But right. the way our agents run are, are are very efficient, right? And there's a lot of advantages to running our agents in the environment because they'll do basically a full authenticated scan mm-hmm. locally, literally within like a couple minutes. And then all it does is send the resultant data back. So from a network traffic perspective, it's extremely efficient. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to spray packets across the network, log into a box and get that data, I can now just have that thing periodically, whatever frequency. You can set up the windows of how often you want it and what time window you want. But it just runs the local scan, sends the results back up, Mm -hmm. extremely efficient. It also um, addresses some of the big challenges that some companies have with... Um, getting credentials for credentialed scans, right? Mm-hmm. There's, you know, even though the proliferation of some of the the PAMs are out there, the privilege access management um, uh, vaults and stuff mm-hmm. are out there, it's still hard for some companies to get centralized credentials for scanning. So the agent solves that problem. So it's pretty easy to position there. And then obviously the laptop use case, yeah. right? Yeah. Stuff's constantly moving around. We all have agents loaded on our laptops. That's how security mm-hmm. monitors our devices right. because. I'm on the corporate network like, maybe yeah. a couple days a month. Right, right. right? I, ne- I rarely VPN in, so I'm never on the network when they're scanning. And that's how we use it. So it's specific use cases where it's really easy to get customers to move there. And, and we don't want to force them one way or the other. What we really wanted to do was allow customers to pick and choose the best way to get the data, whether it's an active scan or whether it's an agent or a combination of both. Mm-hmm. We don't really care. Right. And with the new asset tracking algorithm... You can do both mm. because now I can start to associate um, those devices, not by IPs, but by unique asset identifiers now. And a similar question, how do you get people to overcome the passive vulnerability scanners uh, requirement to sniff the traffic? And I know from firsthand in our startup, we have a you know, similar device and deployment model. Right. And it, there's a lot of, like, the devils in the details. They're like, oh, yeah, we, we can sniff traffic. But, you know, how do you tell them which traffic to sniff? where they should sniff it, and then, like, what hardware recommendations you have and what things you integrate with to collect that traffic. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest challenge for most organizations is getting the spam port. So yeah. people like Gigamon has, have helped us solve some of those problems, right? Because everybody wants a spam port now. Yep. So once you get the spam port, though, it's pretty straightforward, right? Once you plug it in, um, you don't have to identify what traffic to sniff. We're going to sniff what we need to sniff sniff through that through that traffic stream so that's pretty easy location is always the interesting one where do you put yeah. them right 
I, I think one of the advantages we have with the passive sensor over um, some of the deep packet inspection guys is we can go deeper into the network easier mm -hmm. than just staying at the egress points. And so you could still use your DPIs at, at the egress points if you wanted to, but now we can give visibility to network traffic downstream that nobody else can. Just give me a span port and I can do it. So most organizations are going to, they're going to monitor data center. They might monitor a remote location as long as they can get span ports. So there's still a conversation between security and IT to get the span port. Mm -hmm. But once you have it, it's, it's really easy. I have one running at home. I don't even have it running on that big of a box. I don't have that much network traffic. But it's interesting to see the results even on your own little home network. Of, right. Hey, what the heck? What's that device? Where'd that well, one come from? And what's interesting with the that I always found with the passive scanner is, you know, everyone's asking me, well, what if it misses a packet? And I'm like, you know, it's kind of okay. Because it doesn't matter. It, applications are very chatty, and they're going to send lots of packets. Right. I only need <laughs> to see the packet once. <laughs> right. right? It, I don't like, need to see every single packet. The user agent string is once. a great example of that because I'm sending lots of requests from my browser that all have my user agent string in it. Right. If I miss one, it doesn't, doesn't really, really matter. matter. I'm going to no. send a thousand more right. in any and given I'll catch time it. period. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's not cool. as – our passive sensor is not as sensitive as like an IPS or an IDS would right. be. That's to maintain really, state. It right, doesn't need to maintain state. Right. It doesn't need yeah. to maintain state. Right. In, or the deep packet inspection guys, right, that have mm. to do a lot of reassembly of the packet streams. and that We don't have to worry about that. We are looking based on the traffic that's coming by, and we only have to see it once to be able to flag either the asset or the vulnerability. We don't mm. have to see it every single time. Right. So what happens to the uh, log correlation engine line of products? It's coming. Tenable, Tenable had for uh, actually quite a while. Right. And there was, you know, that whole Gartner thing, like, is it in the sim space? Is it not in the sim space? Yeah. Even since then, we've seen, we just talked about in the previous segment, right, how the sim space is just, like, exploding in all these different directions, collapsing back down in certain areas. So, like, where does the log piece fall today for Tenable? Yeah, so uh, the log piece is going to come over to the Tenable IO platform. Mm -hmm. It just comes later in the year. Um, I don't know exactly how it's going to look. This is where the product guys um, have more of the details. Mm -hmm. But think about separating the collection of the log data from the correlation engine itself. LCE, the old log correlation mm -hmm. engine, was really both. It did the log collection and the correlation in one. What I think we're going to see is a split of that where the correlation engine becomes a core service in the platform. Mm -hmm. Not only can it correlate uh, the log traffic, it can also correlate the passive network traffic. So mm -hmm. the correlation engine is something that's coming into the platform. And then the, the next discussion will be how do we get the logs? We don't necessarily have to collect the logs ourselves anymore, right? Mm. Most organizations... Integrate with something. Right. We're going to yeah. integrate with the guys that are doing log collection. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've got a SIM in place and they're already doing the log collection, you, we don't have to go in there and... and collect the logs. We can take the log feed from them and put it into the correlation engine. This is where you see us moving in from that vulnerability management into threat and vulnerability management. Right. And the correlation engine is a big part of, of being able to correlate uh, not only the, the log traffic and the threat intelligence data, but also the, the passive network stuff. And then we start to rebuild aspects of what's in, in the current security um, right. CV product, the continuous view. And product. you'll be able to get threat and vulnerability correlation points from logs, yep. which also goes hand-in-hand hand with and correlating our, and our it to feeds. all of the other yeah. and then pieces we, of information. Yeah, and we get the threat gathered. feeds um, yep. coming in. So all that stuff will come into the uh, into the new Tenable I.O. platform, like I said, as we get later this year. Uh, and that 
that's really what builds the, continues to build out this uh, foundation of threat and vulnerability management and that mm-hmm. correlation and, and the ability to now understand not only the threats that are out there, but what are we actively seeing in the network based on the vulnerability information so that we can do a better job of prioritizing. These are the top 5, 10, 15, 20 things that you need to be focused on because not only do we see that it's vulnerable, it's exploitable, and oh, by the way, we actually see activity on the network that's trying to exploit it. That, mm-hmm. That's what drives that priority kind of rating up. So if I'm uh, a customer in the enterprise today, I've got some security products, uh, I've got a vulnerability scanner, whether it's open source or using someone else's solution, like what's my top motivating factors to go to Tenable.io and and check out what you guys have? Yeah, so I think the the big one is, um, one, kind of moving away from the IP address, right? A a lot of companies, I still think, struggle with this whole concept of the IP and how many IPs do I have and am I getting overcharged and all that other kind of stuff. And I'm constantly spinning up and spinning down stuff. There's There's a there's a unique differentiator in the Tenable IO platform that makes it easier for them to license in those elastic environments. So that's one mm-hmm. pretty straightforward one. But the other thing we're going to be with the new APIs and the new SDKs that we built up against the platform integration and integrating the ecosystem is a big part of where we're going to go. So the ability to leverage your existing investments in the other tools and working uh, with our data, whether it's data in or data out, mm-hmm. we're going to allow all those different scenarios to happen. Uh, in the old um, Security Center product line, it was pretty easy to get data out. It was a little harder to get data in. Mm-hmm. We've made the platform much more open such that data in and data out is, is going to be something that's easy. So we can really start to build that integrated security system, mm-hmm. and Tenable IO can be a part of whatever that holistic system is going to look like for a customer, whether they want to leverage our interface or another interface. It's interesting. The ability to allow that to happen, though. Bi-directional right. integration is going to be Because we just talked key. about that. Like, how much of a player do you want to be in a specific organization? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you, it's customizable. You can use this for a lot or a little because we integrate in both ways, which is a great position to be in. Yeah, we need to be much more open about that. And, and some of the work that's coming is the ability to bring in data from a lot of other sources that we traditionally wouldn't have brought them from. Mm-hmm. Um, why not? Right. It, you know, we believe in our analytics. We believe in our dashboarding reporting. And so if customers have this data and want to bring it into the platform, why not let them bring it in? Mm-hmm. If they want to just take the data out and put it somewhere else, okay, that's okay. Every customer is going to be a little different. Right. And, and that's the openness of the platform. Awesome. So Tenable.io is the site. Um, yep. Now, do you know where Ten will be uh, events if people want to come talk more? So RSA, obviously, in two mm-hmm. weeks we will be demoing the platform uh, at RSA at the booth. Um, there's a number of webcasts and marketing activities, mm-hmm. not only up to RSA but all the way through well uh, into the summer months. So there's a whole marketing campaign behind the new mm-hmm. platform. Lots of different webcasts out there. But if you want to see us, see us at the booth at RSA. Awesome. Matt, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching to Enterprise Security Weekly. We'll see everyone uh, next week.